Hey everybody, this is Francisco here for the Frank Ops Show. The worst name for a podcast ever. And I guess this is the first time I'm going to be doing this. Is I'm going to be talking about movie that I watched recently. And I just kind of give you guys a synopsis of the movie. I might even spoil it. So you know, this whole thing's a spoiler warning. Because honestly, this is a movie that I, I, I don't recommend to anybody. Really, I just watched that on a, on a lark. Because, once again, uh, if you've heard other entries in my podcast, I'm starting to watch movies again. I'm finally starting to see the magic of the cinema once more. And uh, not just theaters. You know, I've been watching stuff in theaters for the last couple of years anyway. So uh, I, haven't, I haven't stayed away from movie theaters like other people. But I'm actually watching things that are not releasing now or things that were released in the past and and seeing what i can do with uh i don't know just watching that type of stuff and it's been uh, quite a journey because i've had some i think for the most part i've had okay to good movies that i've been watching lately but this is the first one that i would say is not a bad movie like structurally this isn't a bad movie it it, it qualifies as a movie it, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel soulless it doesn't feel tacky uh, at least not completely not completely it, it has some sort of direction it just is a dud of a film that did have some points in it but in the, for the most part it was just kind of you play it in the background as you're doing something else. You're not dedicating your time to to watch this and just be like, "Oh, okay, uh, this is this is exactly how I want to spend the next hour and forty five minutes." Uh, I might as well say the movie title. It's called High School High. Released back in nineteen ninety six, and it stars John Lovitz, Tia Carrera. Uh, Mecky Pfeiffer, Louise Fletcher, Melinda Williams, and Brian Hooks. So, and from what I saw in the description, this is how I, I found it. I was I was looking. I was gonna find some movies. I, I was looking on Pluto TV to see their catalog of movies. They, they got a bunch of free movies. There's a lot of free movies out there. So, that's kind of the good thing is that you can mix and match and kind of pick things out with regards to these and uh, i saw the description it, it had some sort of mention that oh this is from some of the creators of the naked gun films i'm like oh i like the naked gun movies but as soon as like the movie starts it had like these inklings like i'm looking for a naked gun experience like naked gun has the the gags on site they have these witty, clever uh, gags as well with regards to, I don't know, just the way words are spoken or the way, uh, or with puns or, or any sort of thing like that. But you kind of sort of get glimpses of it at the beginning of the movie. But then, like, as the movie moves on, you start, it, it strays away from that completely. You're not getting that Naked Gun experience. And if you're coming in here looking for Naked Gun or, or Airplane or anything like that, you're not getting it here. 
Uh, I'm sorry. You got a little bit of it at the beginning, and maybe that's how they try to entice people to to watch this. It's like, oh, this is a high. This is a a a, a spoof on a high school film. Uh, the, okay, the spoof here is, for the most part, it's a a bad uh, or not so good take on uh, Stand and Deliver. You know that, that movie where the, the the high school teacher in like inner city LA uh, f- finds a way to 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 reach these kids and, and connects with these inner city youths who are like in gangs and all this other stuff to help them actually improve themselves and become actual good students and have futures. So it's the same thing here. So John Lovitz, he's a uh, he's this guy who's working for his father at a prep school and his father was going to give him the the title of leading the history department at that at this prep school where he's not respected at all like nobody respects him at the school not the students not the fellow faculty they all think he's uh, there's it's just full of nepotism with regards to him they don't respect they think that he only has a job because his dad is the is the the headmaster, the principal of this this prep school. And his father brings him in. He's like, hey, look, I'm going to make you the the head of the history department. And he's like, well, I already kind of accepted a a job with a different school. So he wants to go out and and make it out on his own. And his father's like, you're going to come back here and and you're going to come with your your legs between, your your tail between your legs. And, And so he goes off to this inner city school in L.A., and right away, you have all of these tropes with regards to the typical inner city school from L.A. There's graffiti everywhere. Students are all over the place that they, they, they all uh, they're listening to hip hop. It's in a terrible neighborhood, uh, just big, giant brick building. And it's named after some, uh, I don't know, I guess the, some civil rights leader that. Uh, or something like that and and uh and at the beginning he's he it's obviously like a fish out of out of water type of thing where he's like this this uh this well-to-do white uh, naive white guy from the suburbs uh, who grew up with a silver spoon somewhat for the most part and he's in this inner city and he obviously doesn't have any inkling as to what the heck's going on and he 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 gets his his car stolen basically immediately but it, it's he's the way John Lovitz portrays his character is kind of like this naive dopey fool in some sort of way with in the in the context of interacting with other people uh, that that's how he is he's always been focused on his work and teaching and that's his passion and that's what he does but everything else he's just kind of like this kind of naive type of dude and so he's he's uh he's coming into the school and he uh immediately is uh confronted with like the these uh, not 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 good student uh, is played by um by uh Mekki Pfeiffer and he's like a prototypical uh black youth teen that like you could tell that he's going to be the main focus of him trying to trying to turn 
his life around by by trying to reach him and be like, hey, you can have a better future type of thing, and and of course then there's this this uh, this guy named Paco who doesn't go to the school, but obviously he's he's just walked into the school, and of course the school is uh, same thing, typical like oh they have metal detectors everywhere, and you and you know kids are bringing knives and guns and all type of stuff, and there's drugs, everything like that. And uh, immediately, Paco's trying to start a fight with this guy. Um, I think his name was Griff. Yeah, Griff. Uh, Griff. Griff is the, is the character that um, uh, Mackie Pfeiffer plays. So Griff and him are about to get in a fight. And then John Lovitz kind of splits them up. And like, hey, you know, the, the, try and shake hands. And uh, a bunch of these other kids uh, that are actually at the school. And then everything breaks up. So he goes to his first classroom. And they're... And then, once again, the the tropes. Uh, unruly classroom, none of the kids are paying attention. They're throwing spitballs and stuff at his back as he's trying to tell him what his name is. And he's like, hey, let's try and tell me something about yourselves. And then you've got uh, trope after trope. You have this, uh, uh, you have this one, uh, one girl. Um, uh, gosh, what was her name? Uh, the, uh, her... She, uh, Okay, I'm looking here. So it's played by Melinda Williams. Her name is Natalie, and she's uh, Griff's girlfriend at the time. She used to date Paco, uh, and so she's. But she's kind of, I don't know. She's 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 kind of like this this girl that is somewhat depressed all the time and is kind of w- wishing for like the school to blow up or anything like that. So she's kind of a little off that way. But she's gorgeous, and then you got this other girl. Who is in the in the classroom, and she's like, she's like, already deep into her third trimester with the, <laughs> with the kid, and she brought two of her kids already that she's already had to to class. Uh, then you have this other kid. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, uh, his name is Anthony, and he's, I mean, he's kind of he's not smart. He's a kind of dimwitted kid that is says that he's in a gang but i guess he's trying to start up a gang and he's for the most part all he knows is hip-hop and he's trying to rap and anything like that so uh john lovitz uh and griff comes into the classroom and john lovitz can't like connect with them so like the whole class just ignores him and everything he's trying to do but he does catch the uh eye of one of the uh the the principal's assistants um so he's walking through the the hallway as you know classes are are switching and stuff like that and he meets the principal uh so this is played by louise fletcher so principal and she's just like this mean old lady just a mean old lady she's literally whacking kids with a baseball bat as they're as she's trying to get them to move move along move along and she's like name calling them and all types of stuff and he's saying hey you know you shouldn't be doing that and of course she's telling him hey you don't know any better i've been here for like 20 years now you've been here for 20 minutes you don't know what's going on you're gonna you're gonna see you're gonna see that like these kids have no hope whatsoever and he he does catch the eye of of tia carrera's character victoria and victoria she's just kind of she has this 
she she likes the way his his enthusiasm for teaching and the fact that he's not letting this type of things phase him at all and he he's trying to help these kids so the movie moves along pretty quickly because uh, there's only so much they can do with trying to make this a comedy film and the issue with this movie is that it's not that funny it's not it doesn't feel like they're going through the motions but it just it's not a good script not much i got probably there's probably like 10 gags in the movie that got a slight chuckle out of me like <laughs> like that like oh and uh that's that's the way it was and that's why I said at the beginning, structurally, yes, this was a film. It was a movie. The movie movied like any other movie has movied. But it's honestly its purpose of being a comedy film to kind of work off of the naked gun, supposedly with a, a mixture of that and, and stand and deliver they they failed they failed completely it it, 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 for the most part you kind of you just got a pretty bland version of those two films which is not good it's just not good but it's not terrible in the sense of the all these spoof parody movies that came out after like scary movie where like they had superhero movie and date movie and all these other where they're just trying to they're just throwing out references and and not really making any jokes whereas here they did try they did try to make certain gags and certain jokes uh, trying to make something witty and they but throughout the film it just wasn't that uh, which I'm glad it wasn't that other thing that I mentioned with all those uh, spoof parody films beforehand uh, or or, or later on, later on in the in like the 2000s and especially like the towards the 2010s, like the beginning of the 2010s, like that era were just those movies were just awful. But it definitely didn't capture anything of notes once again. Hour forty five minute runtime, maybe ten little laughs out of me, and nothing laugh out loud. But I will give some points to the movie later on. We'll we'll talk about that later. So the, the story moves forward, and they, now they're at a dance. So they have this first dance, and he's he's chaperoning, and of course they have all the all the uh, these other tropes. He uh, there's hip hop only being played, and he brings like this rare record that he has like an original print or something like that and he gives it to the dj and dj and it's like this i don't know just just weird kind of sort of country song sounding thing but he's but the dj of course is spinning the record and and scratching it and all that type of stuff and uh, and like he's like oh man you gotta get me more of these tracks i'm like okay and of course there's kids spiking the punch bowl and everything like that uh, eventually, uh, so and Griff is there with his girlfriend, and of course she's twerking and all that type of stuff. And uh, so, but 
whatever. Uh, John Lovitz's character, his name is Richard. Okay, Richard. Richard is with with Victoria, and they're talking, and they're just chaperoning and everything like that. But then, Anthony comes up to uh, Richard, and he's like, "Hey, Mister Clark, that's his last name. Mister Clark, uh, uh, Paco and his boys are here uh, to try and start something." And he's like, "What do you, you want us to do? Something about that?" And he's like, "Well." Um, maybe you should take like they're trying to figure he's trying to like dispel this the situation trying to calm everything down uh, and not let it escalate eventually Paco and his boys do come in and John Lovitz is coming in and and Griff is there and Paco's got this deal with Griff first off Griff took his girlfriend supposedly of course she's like I only went on one date with you and you were terrible Uh, and so the uh, they're about to get in a fight and, and so Richard goes and he tries to break it up and like hey let's settle this some other way and he says uh, I think chickadee that, that's what it's like we'll do a chickadee race and he's like oh, okay let's do that let's do that so obviously he doesn't know what that means what it literally means is they're both going to get in their cars uh, by the way one of the cars was his car that they stole Richard's car and just drive straight down uh, towards a fence where there's a a cliff and whoever jumps out the car earliest loses so John Lovitz gets Victoria's car as these other two guys are driving he's driving along with them right in the middle trying to talk them out of this and he's like this is not the way to settle anything you gotta use your words and things like that and of course she's she's got like this a rare, I think, Corvette convertible. And, of course, uh, the, those two guys realize what's going on. They jump out, and he doesn't realize what's going on, that they're heading towards a cliff. And through some sort of weird magic, is the convertible top rips open, and he's hanging on to it, and that's how he's saved. And then, of course, these cars land into, like, this flammable liquid factory, and it blows up completely. And it's like, okay, this is ridiculous. Uh, probably the most ridiculous part of the film. for the, uh, Yeah, for the most part. The, more, the most over-the-top thing that they did in this movie. Afterwards, then he... he and, and the effect when he's flying out is, is obvious. It's, it's terrible. But uh, afterwards, the kids start to like him because he blew up the cars... And they're starting to like endear themselves, or he's starting to endear himself to them. But it's still obvious that he's he's not reaching these kids completely, especially Griff, who's like the main focus. And he he's he he's also kind of getting in the way of Paco and what's going on with him. And there's an overarching storyline with Paco who wants Griff to be part of his gang to move drugs and everything for this guy named Mr. A who's the big the big bad of the movie or something so Mr. A and he's like okay fine and he wants him to be at this uh I guess a deal uh, behind a restaurant where this other gangster is going to deliver the the money to them so they trade it for the drugs and so 
John Lovitz is trying to get to Griff, trying to so he goes to this strip club where Griff is, and supposedly his mom is a stripper, and he his mom and him live in an apartment above the strip club, and he t- he basically went up to him. He's like, "Hey, listen, like I I noticed that you like." you are interested in or something like that out, out of nowhere really because so far in this film it's like there's not really anything that indicate that he wants a better life but he's he finally gets to him he's like what do you want he's like oh i'd like to go to college okay well i'll help you and i'll promise that that uh, i'll help you get into college somehow like if you if you believe in me i'll i'll, I'll do the best that i can so he buys in. He buys in. And once Griff buys in, the other kids in the class buy in. And he finally is starting to reach these kids. And he's teaching them all kinds of things. Math and history and all kinds of stuff. Uh, and the kids are starting to get better, get better at it. Um, and this guy Paco's trying to stop him, and then there's like this weird gag. This it's a it's a fight, but it's a gag fight where uh, uh, Richard uh, or or Victoria he the, Paco realizes that Victoria and Richard have like this thing, like this connection because they uh, she she's kind of getting in, she's into him and that type of thing, and and so he tries to, uh, which is kind of disturbing. It, it 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 didn't seem like a kidnapping. It was more he was trying to like uh, you know uh, assault her uh, in a in, in a in a sexual manner. So uh, th- th- it was really creepy in that sense. But uh, so so it was kind of weird how they 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 framed that because they wanted it to be funny because the fight that happened on, later on. Like there's she uses pepper spray on him. She she bites him, and then Richard comes in to try and help her, and it's just like this weird, stupid fight where he's actually hitting her, and she's getting hit, and she, eventually her face ends up in an aquarium, and it's a dumb fight. It's a dumb fight, but the premise before the fight was like really uh. Really on on that real like too realistic side where it's like okay whoa whoa this is supposed to be like this is a comedy this is a comedy you guys kind of went too hard on framing this beginning part of the fight you know if it was him trying to kidnap her that would have been okay I, I would have gotten that but it was like oh no this guy is actually trying to um, have his way with her which was not good uh, not not a not, they went too hard on that they went too hard on that. And so eventually he he moves on, and he 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 the movie this the story moves on. He eventually uh, he takes her back to her place, and they start talking. He's talking about how much he whatever, and then she's telling him how much she likes him. And so they eventually like, and now they're a thing. Now they are officially a thing. So they're they're both together. Then. Uh, it's they're starting to realize like Paco, for whatever reason Paco really wants Griff to be in on this uh, for whatever reason I don't there, I don't know what the special thing about Griff was and, and that's the thing the, the Griff was like this this main character that the gang wants and that 
Richard wants to help. And it's not stated exactly why. Why this particular guy? But because for the most part, yeah, he he kind of exudes like, okay, he's this handsome looking, uh, you know, strong looking dude. But it's not... it's not established beforehand that, oh, he does have some smarts in them that will benefit himself with a college or with a gang. They don't establish that enough. So all this focus on Griff is not completely warranted. Now, okay, then you start seeing him buy in and okay, fine, but they didn't establish it beforehand to show that Griff actually did have something innate within him that that prompted people to want him in that sort of sense but anyways the movie moves on and they're they're learning and everything like that but Paco wants him they want him for whatever reason and they they don't want the school to to do better but the school is improving along the way they start all the cliches with the montages with the, the kids learning and suddenly like they're painting the school to look nice and get rid of all the graffiti and planting plants and grass and all kinds of stuff. Like before this place was like it was just like a dirt front thing and the, the statue in front of the school was always being vandalized and, and, and dressed up in all kinds of costumes and weird things. So now the school's looking nice. Everything's getting better. Uh, the principal is pissed off about it for some reason. Like, she's just, she doesn't like what's going on, even though he's been improving the school. And finally, they have the state test, proficiency test or whatever. So the, the big, the big test, which will help the kids and it's necessary for them to get into college. So they have this big test and the results come in and like all of the kids fail. Every single one of them failed. So that discourages Griff. He's like, man, you promised me whatever. And so he's gone. He is gone and he's going to be doing the things with the gangs. And Victoria is sees that Richard's all distraught and Richard's like, I got to go. I'm, I'm out. I'm leaving. And so they can't find him for a few days. And Anthony comes in. And he's like, he, he for somehow Anthony finds out that the test results were, were tampered with. That somebody had tampered with with the 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 Scantron sheets or whatever, and that uh, they 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 were set up to fail in that sense. And so. She's like, oh, I got to find Richard. And they didn't know where he was. He'd been missing for days. And his answering machine did, was talking about him being depressed and all type of stuff. So they go to Chinatown in L.A. This all takes place in L.A., of course. And they go to Chinatown because he mentioned that he likes dim sum. And then there was this weird dream sequence where he's like, I don't know, he's playing Russian roulette and she saves him that way. But it, that didn't happen. It, it was kind of an unnecessary thing. To show that he was basically he was he was drinking 
He was drinking hard liquor, and, and he's the type of guy that doesn't look like he drinks at all. And she tells him, oh, we got to save Griff. He's going to join the gang, and he's going to help with the drug deal and all that type of stuff. So uh, they sober him up, and he sobers up fairly quickly. Fairly quickly from what he what he looked like. But, of course, he's probably a lightweight. Anyways, they go to the restaurant where the deal's supposed to go down, and they get... Uh, the guy, uh, the gang member uh, from the other gang, he's who's trying to buy the drugs. They do this like weird diversion thing where, where he they pretend to be Victoria and, and and Richard pretend to be waiters, and they grab his the suitcase full of the money, and they take it to the back where Paco and these other gang members and Griff are for the deal. To, and they're like, oh, we want to speak to Mister A. And lo and behold, Mr. A is the principal of the school, the mean old lady. Now, this is the point in the movie where I actually got interested in the movie. (laughs) Because for the most part, everything else was kind of like, you saw it. And I honestly didn't expect the principal to be the big bad of the movie. And she's like, yeah, I handed her this from my husband who was the drug dealer, Mr. A, and I just happened to be a principal where I was moving the drugs and selling the drugs to kids. I don't know. That's what was going on. So, But I was genuinely surprised that she was the big bad guy of the movie. And, of course, it made sense. Like, okay, now... But uh, honestly, it didn't sort of make sense why she would want the kids to fail. Uh, like, that had nothing to do with her drug business. <laughs> It really didn't. It had nothing to do with the drug business. Unless it was for like recruiting kids to move the drugs. But it didn't seem like that was her deal. At all. And maybe to sell the drugs? Sure. But I feel like like the, the whole premise of the movie... Like they they wouldn't allow this to happen, even at this extreme of a level. She she should she probably would have done better putting on the actual facade of being a good principal, of or at least trying to be a good principal. You know, especially like hey, let it ride when he's improving the school. It's making her job as principal easier, and makes it less suspicious. I guess that's how. Those are the the holes that I'm poking in the 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 storylines of these characters that have been presented. But anyway, she's the big bad guy of the movie and he pretends that he's working for the other drug dealer and she believes it at first and she he pretends to do heroin uh and somehow finds a way to convince him that you know, he's into that. But eventually the the other drug uh, the, the 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 drug buyer gang guy comes in and he's like I don't work with these guys and then uh they're about to kill these two Victoria and, and Richard when uh, the Anthony and his boys come in and a bunch of students come in and they try and save them and they're fighting Paco and those gang members and Griff uh, they're trying the Griff is endeared back to Richard because he came to save him and so eventually uh he starts chasing after uh, uh Richard starts chasing after the principal principal is running through the restaurant which also had like this banquet hall or type of thing as well 
there was a nice funny gag where they run into a it's one of the few that I actually remember from this movie where they're running into like this banquet hall is connected to the, the restaurant and it's this group of women and they're celebrating like women's defending themselves and and so <laughs> he they run in and he's beating up on the principal and all these women are in the audience and they're like and he's like oh <laughs> And they're about to come in and save the principal because I see a man beating up on a woman. And then he points out to one of the gang members that's running in. And it's like, oh, there's a bigger guy with a gun over there. And the women beat that guy up instead. And then he chases off to the principal. The principal, they have like won this big stand and she's pointing a gun at him. All these students start surrounding them inside of the restaurant. And... Uh, eventually the police do show up because they they stall enough time for the police to show up she's arrested and they they get to the end of the movie where you get to graduation and only six kids in the entire class of the entire school graduated uh and with uh with griff being the valedictorian with a 2.37 gpa so they did uh, the bare minimum yes he, he they he he did do what he was promising him to do. Richard did pull it off. His dad was proud of him. And that was the end of the movie. Uh, not a good... Once again, not a good movie. Not the worst thing I've ever seen either. Honestly. Um, because I at least got engaged with it at the end. Like the the ending of that movie was probably the best sequence. It had a good gag, it had a good gag, and it had a good twist. I was like, oh, okay, this this all right, sure, I something something. It it had something to it. I always use the barometer of Shrek three because I did not like that movie at all. I don't remember anything from Shrek three. At all, it, it. I did not like Shrek Three at all, and I said at all so many times there. And so, but with this movie, especially towards the end, I got engaged. I'm like, oh, okay, something happened, something interesting was going on, and and I got a good chuckle out of the, the gag with the, uh, the women support group that was there. Like that was or women's empowerment group. It was it was funny. That was the actual funny gag. I was like, oh okay. Um uh, yeah, yeah, I mean I I can't really say the acting was terrible. I think they all kind of just did their thing. Uh, not a single character there was bad as uh, but um just now yeah, I'll probably forget about this movie for for or after after a bit but uh, yeah high school high I don't recommend it at all to anybody listening to this it's just if you do want to watch it you watch it for those few like 10 gags that are in this movie and once again they're they're short gags they're not very long it's not a sequence of things that are that's gonna get you to chuckle for more than a minute. Honestly, not even a minute. You're gonna get. They're gonna be like, huh, 
<laughs> and that's it. That's it for the most part. And the movie moves on. But the ending got to me there. So if you, if you want to, I mean, I basically spoiled the whole thing. You don't have to watch it now. <laughs> I kind of gave you a good synopsis of it. It's a, not a great movie, but it's not the worst thing I've seen. Anyways, I'll probably do doing more of this because this is a different way for me to uh, do this. So this is me, Francisco, for Fake Ops Show. You can follow me on pretty much everything. I'm on TikTok at FJOGR, Instagram, FJOGR64, Twitter, at FJOGR. I'm on YouTube, FJOGR as well, Twitch, FJOGR. And pretty much everything. You type in that in a search engine and you'll find the things that I do. And you can try and like and follow me and subscribe to me wherever you find me after that. And of course, I have my other podcast, Sports Goofs, with my boys, where we just kind of goof off and talk about sports, maybe. Maybe. Sometimes we just don't at all. And yeah, well, thanks everybody. Take care.